and welcome to our podcast, The Ups and Downs of a Small Business Owner, where we hope to show you exactly what it's like to grow a business. Today I'm with Alan Frost, business owner, gamer, dad. How else would you describe yourself? That's it. You've summed it up to a T. <laughs> so what do I know about you? So you kind of started out, you started a business with your dad? Was it you, just you and your dad at So time? I left uni. I was going to do anything else other than work with my dad at the time. My uncle, he was sort of trying to help my dad out at the time. My dad was working at the Holiday Inn. He'd worked there for years. I don't know, his health was going a bit downhill. So my uncle was like, look, let's, let's sort something out. Let's try and point you in a direction like, uh, and get things going. Just trying to help him out. So started off on the removal side of things. Got a couple of looting vans. My dad used to do it ages ago. So he thought, I can still do this. Yeah. Turns out he couldn't. Like age catches up with you. Like I weren't built for it either. So then we thought, wait a minute, we've got these vans. What can we do with them? We only had a couple. So we looked into hiring them out. A lot more complicated than it should be. Had to get some weird insurance from some company. I think it's Guernsey or something like that. Good. Like uh, someone on a, like, uh, a boat somewhere runs it all. <laughs> they ended up going bust a couple of years after. Perfect. Away with people's money. You had to get that. You can you can't just go and get insurance off the off the bat. Everyone wants a couple of years, right? Like especially in that is so a high risk. In yeah, it's, it's high risk. So started off like that with a couple. It was pay as you go. Someone came in. We'd have to do this long process uh, just to give them a van in the first place. Take about twenty minutes. Right. Like, then they'd leave. Uh, we had to do that for two years, and then until we could get another insurance company. And now it's literally easy as you like, but difficult at the start so at the beginning it's, it's horrendous like yeah. trying to get it going it was just you and your dad yeah just me and my dad for a little while as well like yeah getting kids to go through everything starting up do you have an office do you have any uh, yeah we, at home? We, like we had a we had a little office that was the wrong place as well because obviously we started off doing removals our office was more catered towards we had a little bit of storage and hardly any parking and then obviously half like halfway through the year now we want to do van hire we've got very little parking and a lot of unit and it was just it was the wrong fit so we had to move from there as well but we obviously we had to keep we had to sign like a, maybe a two year or a three year on that one lease yeah 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 so almost waiting for that to finish yeah moved into kind of fan hire and stuff like that like did you do a lot of the work did your dad do a lot of the admin? yeah so the way it worked early on like uh i think my dad underestimated the paperwork side of it yeah um so he was a bit like borderline dyslexic like yeah uh, is reading and writing like and everything like you get by it weren't good enough for a lot of the stuff that we needed to do yeah but he did he didn't really relay that onto my uncle either so my uncle would think that everything was hunky-dory there was my dad like making mistakes on forms left right and center if someone right. had an accident we wouldn't really have a leg to stand on i ended up taking control of most things pretty much learning the business the ground up because we've never done anything like it before no. so i mean I, i'm still learning now oh but, you're telling me what eight years now eight still years. learning yeah i mean yeah so am i and and hopefully we carry on learning yeah. like that's it so okay then so we'll fast forward a year kind of talk me through what happened or now you're running the company yeah i think it was about a year after that my dad passed away like not too far after maybe a year and a half yeah um because i mean yeah my dad's been dead seven years company was eight like uh not long ago so like literally not too far different. Yeah. So at that point we had, I think, six vans, maybe eight. Yeah. Like maybe eight. It was going all right. We ate like uh, we had the other office, so 
so you've moved at the same time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because like, we just had to. We needed the parking, so we had, like we had another office, eight vans. Still not enough to cover pretty much anything for one person. Right, like eight vans. So you're not, you're not yeah. earning enough. So it was just yeah, it was just, like it was all growth, 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 growth to try and just get get the number of vans up, like because they're all like their own little cost centers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, before until we got to about fifteen, we couldn't really cover much. Yeah. So at that point, obviously, my dad passed away. We didn't have a driver's license. So you didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, right. Like Daniel didn't. But he didn't work for us at the time. But obviously, his family. So he would chip in like yeah. now and again. Yeah. Um, that's when we got Kane. Yeah. So Kane was the only one with a driver's license. Right. But as you know, Kane, just having a driving license don't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean it, you can drive. Doesn't mean you can drive. So no. at the time, it was we just had to do what we had to do. And you were all living with your dad at the time, weren't you? Yeah, so me, yeah, my, my brother literally just moved to my uncle. He's working with my uncle down in uh, Essex. And he would come back every weekend, mostly. And then there was me and Kane at the house with my dad. Um, yeah. So it was pretty, like, pretty easy. Kane just came straight in, like, yeah. uh, and slotted straight in. We were in two months, because we had eight months, we weren't really bringing in enough. Like, we were thinking, shoot, like, I was ready to do something else anyway. But my uncle was like, look, I think we should just keep it going like for your dad because my dad was so excited about the whole thing right like, from the get-go he treated every van like it was his like it was his own like he got himself a new car yeah know, every time we got a new one so yeah we, we couldn't let it go we just had to keep going and going and going but as you know until dan came on board it weren't really going anywhere it was like uh just a never-ending spiral of not really bringing in that much money ba- barely cutting by every month like, yeah like, that's what it used to be but yeah. in the start i guess a lot of businesses are like that the outgoings are crazy oh um, absolutely yeah. it, it almost a fake it till you make it yeah, yeah like yeah. it's you know every conversation how things going yeah it's great deep down it might not be i guess then everything kind of moved to you and dan yeah how old are you 27 like 25 20, 25 yeah, yeah yeah 25 past my driving table like, yeah about then got all of that personal stuff going on your dad's yeah. died and you're now taking over this business essentially on your own yeah like what's going through your head at this point like do you give up a couple of times in like in our heads yeah because we're not stupid we're looking at money coming in and we're thinking things ain't adding up it wasn't until daniel got on board and really started breaking down the numbers and right. working out how much each van needed to make seeing the pricing wasn't where it should be and bringing up the prices like where we could seeing that half the problem was is that we didn't have enough vans so those eight that we had were yeah. going out all the time but eight isn't enough looking at the amount of bookings we were getting in was looking like we maybe needed at that point we needed 14 or 15 that was the thing we needed investment which to, to dan almost bought that yeah whole business side of it, it you were functioning but he made it a business by looking at yeah. what was going on how you can change so technically you might have the wrong man on the podcast so <laughs> i like, mean i was more like i'm more practical hands-on day-to-day and advertising side of it i still don't really do anything with the banking to this day like uh, <laughs> dan literally controls everything uh, yeah. on that side and it's better for it because it's not my forte having somebody to talk to i think makes a huge difference yeah yeah, yeah. because if you're on your own it's a very i mean even with someone to talk to it feels lonely. Well, he'll run things past me. He knows 
what he's going to do anyway. But he'll bounce it off me like a brick wall because it's coming straight back. He's going to do what he wants. <laughs> That's the way he'll use me now. He'll be like, oh, I think we should get another van or I think we should sell this one. And no matter what I say, he knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. uh, he knows he's doing it anyway. But yeah. like I say, to have that someone just to bounce it off all of him to the end, like I trust him. I guess being family helps as well. So running a business is quite lonely. Like I know you've got Dan to talk to, but still even then, like it's still tough i certainly feel like there's still no one to talk to or yeah it's a lot you know, yeah, yeah yeah like so do you go home and talk to like your partner about it no, no. like uh, i don't know if that's a weird thing like yeah. I, I try and keep the two separate because for ages it was taking over like your life which it does but now i like to keep it separate so i've got serena alfie at home come home keep yeah. everything separate okay. like she could barely tell you what happens in the like day-to-day like right. running she, she just thinks it's easy uh, <laughs> like easy life but I, I like to keep it separate i think during covid times and the worry then with money and all that sort of thing i don't like to bring that home yeah, yeah. i like to keep that separate but obviously at covid times when you've got your full outgoings but hardly any incomings every day like you're looking at the bank thinking is this the last is this the week is this the last week is this like is this the last month and then they were like oh here's furlough and then you're thinking right well that extends it a bit for us because it makes it easier to manage and you're thinking i don't want to let anyone go because obviously you know it's like both of our cousins so you can't really afford to pay yourself even yeah um, but and then they're like all right okay well here's a business loan uh, so literally just when we were thinking we're going to struggle to get through this they would hang out another like help i mean i wouldn't say the help was as good as it no yeah it was still yeah it was, it was still a stretch and to be honest it just started to pick up as we got that loan so we managed to be able to use that loan to reinvest in the company rather than it being wasted on wages just, yeah, yeah. Wage, and just general outgoings that was a good thing being able to read because finance is a much higher rate than like what the loan is. yeah yeah it, it's a lot cheaper to get yeah. a loan than it is to finance that really helped to be honest i think we managed to renew like a good like five or six vans like off of that loan like selling old ones and getting new ones and it sort of really updated the fleet so we came out of that corona period yeah stronger than we went in it's weird how it worked out but it worked out for the best and and actually i think there were quite a few businesses that did benefit from it i think there certainly some of the ones i've talked to have only benefited from all of that obviously there do you find that it's hitting some businesses now? But like, I know it was a little while so, ago, but I'm starting to see businesses close up now or that have got multiple so, branches closing one branch now. And I'm thinking... I think what it did is it forced people to work from home. Yeah, so actually, everyone's gone, up. Oh, we can work from home as a business. Why wouldn't we? Actually, we don't need this size office. We need a smaller office and we can just work three days a week in the office. Equally, the recession's starting to hit and... People are seeing energy prices skyrocket. And the bounce back loan was great because it was free for a year. or You didn't have to make any repayments for a year and no interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly now repayments and interest are included okay. and that's hitting them. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost everything coming together at once and getting them loans for certain businesses. You know, if you're covering your costs, actually all that did was shifted you forward a year, which is where we are now. So yeah. they've been shifted forward to now. They've struggled over the last... And the economy hasn't really kick-started again. No. It's almost a kind of a time. It's a matter of time before yeah. they struggle, which is what we're starting to see. That. I see it quite often. So you mentioned your work-life balance, kind of how you keep it very separate. Are you happy with the way it is? Yeah, I am you... right now. And how do you manage that? Shutting off when I get home. Obviously, it's like Dan's going to call me on my days off 
all the time. I'm going to cool down on my days off all the time. Yeah. Like, we understand it's like that. But I do like to just sort of sit my phone to one side when I get in now. Because you only get a couple of hours. You know what it's like. You get home from work. Yeah. Like, before you know it, it's bath time. Yeah. Like, before you know it, like, that you're putting them to bed. And then you've got a couple of hours and you want to get to bed before the baby wakes up again. Yeah. And again and again and again. Work-life balance is still 90% work. But I do like to, like, separate it and just take my days off, like, properly. And like, I used to come in yeah. on all my days off. Every yeah. single one of them. Now, probably come in on one of them for a couple of hours. And the other one I'll take fully at home. Try right. and give Serena a break. Yeah. Because, again... Like, that's another thing. Forgetting about them at home all the time with the baby, it's a lot. So maybe try and give her a break on one of the days. And then she'll do vice versa. Say if it's a weekend, she'll take him one day, run to her mum's, try and give me a rest so I can just sit and chill out. Yeah. And then I'll do the other day. Because that's, that's the thing, when you're working and got a kid at home, especially a young one, is 24-7, basically. Even when you're switched off, you're not switched it, off. Yeah something happens you're alert you hear them stamp their feet down you're suddenly wide awake what's going on and okay do i need to go and check on them it's 24 7. so i guess something i think about a lot do you feel guilty with serena being at home and when you're working on easy days yeah like so you do you do get those days where everything's just like not quiet but just ticking along yeah you're sitting at work you're like uh i might have a podcast in my ear <laughs> i might be watching twitch on the computer yeah. Like just taking a slow day, recharging, just taking a slow day. And then I'm sort of chilling at work. Yeah. And, then, and then obviously I know that she's at home chasing him here, chasing him there, everywhere. He won't go for a nap. He won't eat. He's teething. Yeah, sometimes I feel guilty. But then she does love the whole, the whole package. She's always wanted it. And I think she's just enjoying, even in the chaos, enjoying everything that comes right. along with it. So she's not, she's never struggled or anything like that or like... Just with a sleep sometimes. But that's like, you forget about it quickly. He slept really badly for a long time. I'd say 14 months. Right. Like before even a hint of not waking up five times. Now he'll wake up once, maybe twice, but he's easy to put back down. In the beginning, we went through a long, long period of four, five times a night getting up. She wouldn't want me to do it because I was working the next day. But obviously it takes its toll. Even just... I mean, you're never asleep. You're always hearing it. So yeah. I might as well be up anyway. Like, yeah. That's the way I was thinking about it because you can't sleep through it. So that was one of the hardest bits. But now, like, we've come out the end of it, you forget about it. And that's why you start talking about this, another kid and planning another <laughs> kid because you forget how much of a stress it was. It ages you. It's scary what the mind does, but you forget about how tough it is. You forget about, as you say, waking up five times a night. Like, yeah. Actually, by now you've probably forgotten about it. Yeah, you know, we get up once a night, fine, not a problem. See, as you mentioned, we both play games, right? Yeah, I've sat there till three, four in the morning playing, but it's the every night that kills you. Yeah, like, that would be like one night a week on a weekend, but yeah. every night of not sleeping, you become like a zombie, you don't even it, do your job properly. It, it changes right? you, yeah. And I found myself almost getting frustrated. Why won't you take this bottle of 200 mil, just drink it for God's sake? Yeah. Like, and I know it's not. I mean, the baby just want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. But you almost like just just take the bloody bottle. Or, or I say, and you start to blame each other. That gets thrown around loads of time. You're doing this wrong. Yeah. Or it's See, not I'm wrong. Argumentative, so it's sort of like a a one sided thing. Yeah, like, I would just let it go. Obviously, sometimes just argue back, but majority of the time, like I just let it all go. Let her say her piece. Just get it all out of her system. 
And then an hour later, she'll be like, sorry about that. Like, yeah. But you, you just got to understand it because the lack of sleep will cause any, it, like, it drives you crazy. It, it's mad what it does. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. So I guess we've kind of covered it, but talk me through one of them moments when you thought you just can't carry on with work or in the business. Right. When COVID first hit, and there was no hint of a finance packet, like because obviously we never been, the country's never seen anything like it. Yeah. So I didn't even know that a finance package existed, yeah. or that they would come up with anything. I just thought that everything was going to go to pot. I was sitting there working out how much every van costs, how much we owed, would we have enough left over to pay off everything? Because what you got to remember is like we, me and Daniel both got kids at home, both got our own houses, but we're also guarantors on finance in the hundreds of hundreds of hundreds, like. Yeah. So then when you start seeing your family at home, you're thinking, if we can't sell these for enough to pay them off, we're going to be left with an obscene amount of finance in our names. Personal like, finance. Exactly. Like, uh, like when you're the guarantor. So at that point, then, I mean, I think even Dan was at the time, like looking at other jobs, thinking what would we do if we didn't do this? We've invested our whole lives into it. Like I graduated 10 years ago, maybe, like something like yeah. that. Yeah, I can go back into a job. I graduated 10 years ago. I haven't used it. Yeah. But it's, it's gone now. Yeah. So it'd be, you're starting from square one in something again. And when you've got kids, and it's, it's tough. It's scary. So that was every night. Like, that, that was a lot of stress. Just thinking, like, how are we going to... That I wouldn't get a job that would bring in enough for me to sustain my household with no experience. Yeah. And that was half my problem. I was thinking it would literally be... I'd have to, like, down... I wouldn't be able to afford it. There'd be, I, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. That, that's so, the long and short. So what's, your, what's going through your head at that point? Panic? Just... Yeah. Am I going to have to move back in with uh, my missus and her mum? Like, uh, am I going to have to sell the house? Like, yeah. really go square one and build back up again from the bottom. Um, but I, that, we had that option. Some people don't have that option. Yeah. So then it would have been an even scarier place because then you're selling a house and you don't know where you're going. I mean, we're lucky enough to have people around us on her side anyway, on our side, it's literally just me and Dan. On her side, we're lucky enough to have people around us that would help us out. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. They were even saying at the time, if you need money for like this with a business, because obviously everyone's scared. Like they're yeah. thinking, yeah. right, well, I wasn't, like, there was times when I hadn't got to work for two weeks. They were telling me you couldn't leave the house pretty yeah. much. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then all the, all the outgoings were still the same. Rent had to be paid. Finance had to be paid. Insurance had to be paid. It took a while for these other companies to catch up with what was going on. Our insurance company lost our business because they had no flexibility. It was peak COVID, our insurance renewed. There was no like, oh, if something happens again, you can take all these 30 vehicles and put them in a separate policy, which just covers them for fire and theft, which is much cheaper to drive. And they wouldn't offer that. They would only offer on-road annual premium of 36,000 or whatever it is. Right. Whereas the other insurance company was like, look, if you want to lay everything off the road, it's three grand. Yeah. And you keep it down the yard, which was a lifesaver because coming back from COVID, we would have 15, 16 vans. Because obviously like, it was still really slow because some people were out, some people weren't, some things were running, some things weren't. Yeah. So we basically cut the fleet in half, left half down the yard. Yeah. And then half we were running. So our costs were halved by pretty much, that's one of our biggest costs. So that helped us out a lot just being able to run 14 vans. And then when we were getting busy, we add one on. Yeah. Add another one on. Yeah. And then so you before you know it, they were all added on. Yeah. But it gave you that flexibility where, like, again, that was another lifesaver. But that was just other businesses struggling to catch up with what was going on. Yeah. Like, 
it took a while for everyone. And also being arguably greedy, but then protecting themselves. Yeah, you know, they, they need they them. They forget their business at the end of the day. They're not yeah. working. It's not yeah. It's, it's yeah. not charity. Like that's our insurance company. We don't want them to go bust at the same time. So it was a struggle for everyone. Like so rare. I don't. I don't know if anything like it will ha- ever happen again. No, um, and I certainly hope not. No, um, that's when things were real tough. What made you carry on? Knowing that I couldn't do anything else. So it was almost fear of. There is no other option. We have to make it work. Again, I think it made our business like a thousand times stronger than when we went in. We used to waste so much money, so much. And now we look at everything to the penny and break it down. And then again, having a kid solidified that again for me. It made me look at the business in a whole, yeah, and and, and just the business in a whole nother light. When I was younger, I was thinking growth, 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 growth. Now I've got a family, I think stability, stability stability i'm not always thinking about how much more vans can we get can we get other sites i'm thinking this fine tune this which we've managed to do now literally the model works and it just pretty much runs just, itself just runs, yeah. and that's where i'm comfortable now till Alfie gets a bit older till daniel's son gets a little bit older yeah and then we'll look at it and think what else can we do but at the minute i'm enjoying stability and then family time and trying to keep stress. It's mad how quickly that changes. Yeah. I, I, I'd say exactly the same. You're hungry. Your appetite to risk. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I, I don't mind. We won't pay, pay ourselves for a month and we'll get that extra that extra thing. But now suddenly you've got Alfie to protect. Like you're, it does change. That's, he is solely reliant on, well, I mean, not solely reliant on you, but reliant on both of you and Serena. Yeah. So like, yeah, suddenly you, it changes your mindset, and I mean, you could, did you come from a family where like your dad would do anything? With your yeah. Brothers? yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm the same, and I didn't really understand it until I had Alfie. Yeah, and now it's it's all about stability. Yeah, like, uh, we take very little risks. Everything like is literally penny watched, and we notice a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, our Uber Eats bill used to be uh, <laughs> a, a, enough to like draw like tears from your eyes. Now, like even silly things like that, like fine tuned, like we we just don't waste money like we used to. And now it's nursery fees that are eye watering. Uh, see, I don't like it. See, we don't have to use it because Serena doesn't work. Like, yeah. uh, it's just one. I mean, like uh, she'd go back to work for no money basically if right. if, if we did. So she does everything at home, like literally. She'll have them twenty four seven, which is uh, it does drain on you. It does drain on you. Sometimes nursery is a nice break. Some people like to go back to work, yeah, like uh, just to get that um, that little break. But at the minute, she's enjoying it. She's not mentioning going back to work. She might want like uh, in a year or so when they start giving lip back and that. Thing, <laughs> you know what? Like I'm going to put you in nursery a couple of days a week and see and see how you go. But at the minute, like not that yeah, nurseries they are crazy. I mean, where my sister lives in, in Holland, the structure is completely different. They encourage you to go back to work. And right. then the nursery fees, it's, it's minuscule, honestly. Like, yeah. uh, I think it's like two, two or three hundred a month. And that's full time nursery. Wow. Like, uh, for two. You're looking at that for a week. Exactly. Like, and that's Plus. what I think needs to change. And the, I think the economy would benefit from it. Sending people back to work, double everything. Like, it's the same. On that. Yes, it would be good, but you just said Serena doesn't want to go back to work. Yeah, I, I know, but like, I think part of that is looking at nursery fees and thinking it's not even worth it. Yeah. Before I even start or think about looking at work, it isn't even worth it. Like, you're working yourself 
it's it's bad enough like working for as it is like and then you look at what you bring in and you think oh geez that's a lot for that you know especially when you're working for someone else you're earning as much as you're yeah as much as it's costing yeah so essentially your whole time at work is just paying for them to go to that but it's paying for that space I, i get why people do it as well because it's paying for that headspace paying for a couple of hours where you can have a normal conversation yeah, so yeah, again, yeah, yeah. she's at home probably the only person that she gets to talk to is Alfie like that's tough that's the weird like balance thing that you gotta get used to because I come in from work talked out I'm talked out so yeah. by the time I get in I want to sit quiet and relax whereas she will want to talk because uh, yeah. obviously she didn't speak to anyone all day yeah and that's one of the things that I think I struggle to yeah I should probably be a bit more accepting of that like when I get in I want to just chill out just open my phone just sit like sit on my phone for a sec yeah eat my dinner in peace yeah obviously yeah I do forget sometimes that she's had that full day with no one to talk to yeah yeah okay fine like you know might go out might do certain things during the day but most days that's just no yeah. conversation. And you lose your mind not you, talking to anyone all yeah. day. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I need to get better at that. I mean, I've sat at home and done that to my daughter like once, once or twice, like for the full day, like full day, mm. and I've gone insane. I'm like, yeah. I need to go somewhere. I need to see someone. I need to talk. <laughs> I need to do something because yeah. this is. I forget that side of it. Yeah. Okay. So, what motivates you? I guess let's go back. What originally motivated you when you? So this is before before being a dad. What was your motivation? Let's say you and your yeah. dad are just starting out. What what was motivating you? Setting my dad up. Yeah, setting my dad up. He, he'd, he'd worked really hard. Obviously, we had my uncle there and he was willing to invest to help my dad. Yeah. Uh, so that cushioned a lot of the pressure because we just thought, right, well, we don't have to worry about that side of it. So this, we're putting everything in to growing it. That was what kept us going. We were so Every day we were like excited about just starting another day. If we had a day where nothing went out, like we would clean everything, top to bottom, check everything, tidy the office. We were yeah. very excited about doing anything. Just, that was the, the thing for me because I wasn't planning to do it forever. I wasn't. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to do something else. What were you going to do? Where were you going to go? So at, at that time, when my dad passed away, I was trying to join the RAF. I'd gone for right. my first lot of interviews and stuff. Did he know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I like I wanted to be a I wanted to be a pilot. I was I'd done quite a bit, and it's just something that I fancy doing. I didn't fancy doing the forensic science that I'd done at uni. Like I think that's half the struggle with uni and the way it works in this country is you just sort of leave school, you jump straight into that, and then you don't really know what the end product's going to be. No. And then all of a sudden that you get to your final year, and they're like placement this, placement that. And if you can't find one, you're leaving uni with no work experience and with a degree that doesn't really translate to the working environment in, in forensics at all anyway. It's a struggle, whatever you do. RAF was an easy path for me. I, that's why I enjoyed school. I, I like being told what to do. Yeah. Like, yeah that, that's why I enjoyed school and I, I enjoyed university because I, I was a, I'm a good student. Yeah. Like, like, that's me. Like, you asked me to do something and I like learning. Like, so I thought RAF is going to be a perfect environment for me. Like I go straight back into the sort of that that studying mentality. I'm learning to do something again. I didn't yeah. want to let that go for a period of time. When I left, I, I was lost. I was like, I'm not learning. I'm, I'm not learning anything. Right. Like, what, what am I doing? But then that's where I, I switched because I started putting that mentality towards the business and then started to learn about the business 
and learn ways that I could improve it, advertising sides of it. Like, and I really started teaching myself in that like sense. Yeah. Google ads, Facebook ads, like uh, the website, taking all of that that I'd sort of outsourced, learning about it and then taking it like all back in. Now we control everything like yeah. to do with that. But that was another, and so, I think it was just setting my dad up. That, that, that's what it was about. Like I wasn't going to do it forever. But obviously things changed, then he yeah. passed away and like, we just didn't want to let it go. So it's, it's almost like you're carrying on for him. Yeah, that, that is, is, is 100%. Yeah. And I feel like the way things have gone, someone had to be looking over us. Yeah. Like, uh, like someone had to be. And that times that, like I say, I've thought about, like, especially through those corona months, like our outgoings are astronomical, honestly. It's one of those businesses where your outgoings are so high. If you're not bringing money in, then it's scary. Some businesses, like your outgoings are quite low and you can take a couple months of not bringing in much money. Ours yeah. are consistently high. That's just the way it is. Someone must be looking over us somewhere. Well, I believe it's him. How do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. He also wanted it to work and he also put everything he had into yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I like. And then like, I don't know what it is. I believe like, I don't know. No, it's, it's not good. Maybe good karma. So if I come in, and even if it's a slow day, yeah. If I give one hundred and twenty percent on that day, yeah. The phone starts ringing. Like things start happening. If I come in on a slow day and take it and take it easy and don't do anything, like and mope around, I don't know what it is. I feel like if I get to work and I start doing all the things that my dad would have like been like, that this needs doing, that needs doing. Well, if nothing's going out, you can check these. You can check this. You can do this. Work on the adwords do other stuff I think when I start working like things just start clicking again like these days it doesn't really matter because it does seem to just uh, the longer we go the more people like people know about you it just runs itself now basically then you start getting thinking about opening another business and using the things that you've learned about this one yeah but I need to calm down a bit wait till Alfie gets a bit older I think because free time wise but I'd end up starting something and not be able to give it 100% yeah and you can't give something 50 if you give something 50 it's going to fail yeah. You have to be able to give it a hundred. So it's, it's something I see a lot. But equally in entrepreneurs, you know, you started a business, you were there from the beginning, you've you've understood everything or as much as you could. Yeah. So then suddenly you're thinking, oh, I could do this again. Yeah. I can and, and I've got an idea for this over here. Yeah. And I could do that. And going back to actually having a baby, like you forget all of them tough times. Them times yeah, you set yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You set up till midnight doing Google ads, you set yeah. up building your website, you set up tweaking everything, then then phone calls to the insurance companies. Do you really want to put yourself through all of that again? But you forget it. Yeah, I know. Because you you get excited by the the bit that you're at now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. But then I think just that excitement of a new business is like a drug. Once you start it and once you get ideas and once it starts steamrolling, you're an idea man. I know what you're like. <laughs> so once you get that idea, you just you can't let it go for a bit. And sometimes I've let ideas slip, like yeah. uh, just refocusing on, but I know I've had ideas that if I would have stuck to them and I didn't have this and I would have given it a hundred percent, like they might go somewhere, you know? But it's also having the time to, or That's finding the right time to do it. Yeah. So again, I thought about doing a podcast two years ago. Yeah. It's taken me this long just to get something going. Almost you never forget them ideas either and they'll always be there. Yeah, and yeah. one day you'll yeah, bring... they, they, yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't really go. I've let them slip, but they're still there. I'd just like someone... The thing about me and Dan, we have both have different ideas. And if there was one shared idea that we both had 100% confidence in, I feel like we started tomorrow. 
But when we work together and we rely on each other, it would have to be worked on in time that we spend with our business, whatever it is. Yeah. So we need to find something shared, which probably won't come until, like say, the kids get a little bit older, they go to school, like everything's just, like you've got a little more time on your hands. Yeah. Then I think we'll be able to put our heads together so going back to you and dan then something i remember so my dad used to work with my uncle yeah yeah they used to argue and they went through stages where they didn't talk how do you find that with dan when you don't agree on something do you know what growing up we would fight every day without fail like he's my bigger brother so either ways end up getting a doing but yeah i don't know what it is he needs me and i need him yeah like, and i think we both know that and we don't argue at all. Right. Like, honestly, not once. We just don't. I think it's just a mutual respect for what the other one does. And like together, we're literally a complete team. I mean, without him, I, like, I'd be lost. And I know without me, like, he would feel the same. Our bond there is like stronger. Like we don't fight over nothing. Like nothing small. We just sort it out. Um, yeah, we just don't. And that's what makes like the perfect team. Actually. Yeah. You might disagree. You might say, actually, I don't think we should do that. But you're talking. We talk it out. We just know the importance of every decision that we've got to make. And we always come up with the right decision. Like, like I say, if it's on my side of expertise, like he'll let me take the reins. And yeah. I know anything on the financial side, I let him take the reins. I trust him with every decision. And there's been decisions in the past where I've made it and it's gone wrong. He's made it, it's gone wrong. But we don't, we don't play the blame Get yeah. Either. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that helps. Like, never will I say, "Oh, Dan, that was your fault," and he won't say, "Oh, Alan, that was your fault." We take the responsibility together because we know that I've gave him free reign. I yeah. haven't put my two pence in, and he's gave me free reign on the other side. Yeah. So if something goes wrong and you haven't put your two pence in, you can't really blame them either. No. Because we sat and we spoke about it, and this is the decision we came up with together. So I think that's half the trouble is not blaming, just taking responsibility together, and yeah. that's what we do. When you're making them decisions, it's really tough just to make them decisions. But then, as you say, the blame game is tough as well. I mean, how many mistakes do you make? Because back in the day, one a week. Yeah. Now there'll be one every couple of months. Wrong decisions. That's what the learning thing is. Yeah. But how how are you learning if you're not getting things wrong? Yeah. But if you're not trying things, you know. Back in the day, obviously, we would get something wrong pretty much every day. Then it starts to get every week, every but, month. But you're learning. Every single time that you do it, and then you'll never do it again. You'll never make that wrong decision again. And yeah. That's the good thing. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about learning, not blaming. That's what we do all the time. But like, we never blame each other, like ever. Like, we just keep it, just keep it a solid foundation. Otherwise, that's when you start to crumble. Like, if, if you start blaming each other for things that are going on, then it's nothing can last long. Same at work, same at home. Agreed. Yeah. It's it's a partnership at work. It's a partnership yeah. at home. Who has had the biggest influence on your life? Was my dad. Yeah. Now, my son. Honestly, it's a different kind. Like, it's a short period. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, 18 months? It makes me appreciate my dad more as well. What he went through with us as kids and literally never stopped. I mean, we, like I said, we moved up to Scotland. He had to stay down here. It was tough, like, for him. Yeah. But, like, he was still, like, yeah, one of the big. He was just a nice guy. And we had someone in the office today who looked at me and like recognised my face and he said, are you Alan Foster's son? I was like, yeah. Like, you look just like him. I used to work at the holiday and he was, uh, I was his apprentice. Like, he was just such a, like, a nice guy. Because I made a joke with him. I was like, oh, buddy, yeah, if you were his apprentice, you must have learned too much. Then. <laughs> like, probably about dodging things up. He straight, like, went to defend my dad. He's like, no, no, no. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, he was a 
like a lovely guy, like a legend. That's just what he was like helping others. Honestly, like uh, that's what he was known for. Anytime anyone passes away, everyone always says the same sort of stuff. But with my dad, he really was like he helped everyone. Done it without wanting anything in return. Yeah. And I try to be the same, like, and especially now, like I know I'll, I'll just I'll do anything for Alfie. I, I know I'll do anything, like whatever needs to get done, and try and just give him every platform that he needs to excel. And just play it there. It's both of them. It's my dad and my uncle as well. Yeah. I I can't, like the things I've learned business-wise and also like seeing someone that has like what you perceive as everything, but teaches you that what matters is the small things in life. It isn't like flash things. It it really isn't. He enjoys nothing more than sitting in front of the telly watching the f1 with a pork pie and uh, <laughs> honestly the, the small things and that's what he that's what he enjoys and that's what he taught me starting up a business early on always aiming high and looking what other people have got and the main thing is being comfortable that's the main thing that he taught me so it's something i talk about a bit at the moment is you're or i found that you're very hungry until you find you're enough what your enough is and then suddenly you can switch on to other things that's see. That's where I, that's the where I'm at now. I think. I think that's where I'm at now. Like, uh, like this is my enough. Yeah. Like everything's running as it should. We've got through probably what is the worst thing the company can go through in the whole Corona epidemic and just the way it affected everything. I know the economy's still going through it, and God knows what's going to happen with interest rates and and things like that because we borrow quite a bit. So, but I don't feel like it could be any worse than having to pay months and months of outgoings with no income in. Like, we managed to pull it off and I think we can get through anything now because of it. But I feel like, yeah, I'm at that period where I know it's enough. I'm at enough. I don't yeah. I don't want to grow no more. Everything's like stable. We've got a perfect blend of when we're changing over vehicles, selling old ones, buying new ones, maintenance and everything. It's just all running like as smooth as you like. And that's where I want to keep it. One day, I'd like Alfie and Arthur to take the reins from us, which is weird because then I thought, like, I'd want them to do their own thing. And But I just feel like it's such a good start position from there because it's the sort of business where you can be working on something else while you're there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I'm in the office every day. I've got things running like clockwork now. So if I had something else to work on, I've got a bit of time there. I got a bit of free time and that's what I'd like to be able to give them. It's just like somewhere where they could got a platform. So you've got a wage coming in, you've got a certain amount of capital you can build up. And then if you want to start your own thing, you've got time. Like, uh, like you can work here. Yeah, it's not a hard job, you know, like it's stressful, Yeah. but not hard. So it's weird. So it's hard on the mind. Yeah. It's not a stressful job. When things are going easy, I don't think there is an easier job. Right. Like, uh, I, I really don't. But when things are going rough, but that's the same with everything. Yeah. But like, uh, I do feel like I say, it's not, you don't really have to think too much in your day to day. If you want to take a day off mentally, you can. It's not going to affect things too much. I think you're doing that in a disservice. They're saying yeah. it's, it's easy. When everything's going well, it's great. But something always puts a spanner in the works. Yeah. You know, you've had. Again, I don't know the full ins and outs, but like people have taken vans, not returned them. People oh, have, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, of the yeah. states that they come back in, yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, you always, but 
you, what you become to that is it, you become numb to it. The first 10, 15, 20 that that happened to, right, yeah. it hits you hard and you start it, thinking, why am I even doing this? If people were willing to do this for someone else's property, yeah. then why are we even like doing this? Now, it's just part of the parcel. To be honest, the way we've got it running now, we don't even think let things get that far. Like they're all on tracker. Someone goes a couple of days behind payment a week. We'll go and get the van. Like yeah. with the spare key. We don't take no risks now. Before we needed the money. That was half the problem. You'd end up taking these risks, thinking at the end like they are going to pay up. Like you are going to get your money because you really needed I'm it hoping. at that time. Exactly. That's where you get yourself in trouble, putting faith in people that don't deserve it. Now we, we don't give anyone any leeway. There's no there is no leeway. If you can't afford to have it then we'll take it and you can have it back when you can afford to pay. Because them sort of people that are running like that, if they damage it, if they do something, they can, they're not going to be able to afford to pay for it. And we're going to foot the bill like we did. That was a half the problem. Like before Dan come in and really started fine tuning. I mean, even up to a couple of years ago, I'd say like 50% of people got away with like money owed. Whatever. Like, uh, wow. right, rightfully owed as well, but just would refuse to pay it. Now we pretty much get 90 95% of damage and things like that paid back to us. Because, I mean, it's not even like we like, add money on. Like, people pay exactly what it costs to fix yeah. the, like, the van that they've damaged or broken. Um, and a lot of people appreciate that. And they're like, oh, we're expecting to pay much more. And some people, they're just, they would like lie, lie to your face that they didn't do something that they know well they did. Yeah. So that's the 5% right. uh, that we don't get now. But 90% of people, will pay up and that makes a massive difference because we were like say we were just chucking in those early years chucking money away not wanting the confrontation from people about did they do it or or not and then as soon as they said no they didn't we would just take that as right we can't do anything about it now we say look we've got the video before we've got the video after it wasn't there before it is now now they start to change their tune uh, okay oh it must have happened why i had it i will pay for it so you've put them things in place now yeah to, to, and that, you've learned you know, that's it. You made mistakes. You've learned from it. it. You put them things in place. So actually, you covered yourself. Yeah, you're protecting yourself. Like I say, it wasn't until Daniel really started breaking down how much money we were wasting on things like that that he was thinking, "Wait a minute, this can take this business from not profitable to profitable just by making people pay what they owe." It's not even like we're adding money on, or it's literally just people paying what they owe us would take us from not being profitable to profitable. And that was the biggest change because we were always worried about our reviews. Like, uh, oh no, are people going to... I mean, we still haven't got a bad review to this day, like uh, eight years down the line, because we do things fair. So even when people do us wrong, they know they can't like, really say a bad word about us because we're doing it fairly. Like, uh, we're not trying to... A lot of higher companies saying no names, but you can check reviews yourself. They're looking to make money off of the damage side. Like, that's where they make a lot of their money. That's what makes them really profitable. £3,000 excesses, £2,000 excesses, things like that, like yeah. where people will scratch it and they'll take that entire money off them. We're charging people literally what it costs us to get the van fixed. Yeah. And in the long run, that's helped us out. It's not about, like, that's the short-term gain in, in charging people extreme amounts of money doesn't get you very far. So that's what I've learned. It's just, we play fair, so like get the money we're owed because uh, we're not trying to extort people. And that is literally changed the business around like on its own pretty much that's quite impressive yeah yeah it's, it, it's that much it's that but, much money but talking here it's such an obvious thing i know i know but it was that yeah, early, 
it was that early starting the business where we just we didn't want a bad review and like you start to convince yourself that they didn't do it like uh, it must have happened like two minutes before they got down there someone must have done it but now we put like I said we put the processes in where they have to take their video yeah. and send it to us it's the only way you can do it because otherwise like if we do a check video before they get down there something could have happened in between and it has like uh, some we've had things happen in between literally just pulling it up another customer will come back reverse into it drive off like and then before we say to that customer like what the hell is this and they're like oh it's in my video and then like obviously then you haven't got a leg to stand on then you sort of like lost in them once they come in the five percent like yeah. just they don't happen very often but making them do their own checking and check out video they take accountability now for that they usually come straight to us when they've done something wrong before they would just like leave the van there and then we'll see if they can get got away no idea some people would know that we're a family business and still do those things when it comes to money it, it changes people we've had really good customers good paying customers who pay all the time people that are paying like five six hundreds like uh, every couple of weeks like on on van hire here and there and then do something that would cost 200 quid to fix and would ghost over it i'm thinking that's not even half of, like if you came to us and said like look uh, i can pay 50 50 50 like 50 a week like we would take it but people would rather ghost over it and not have to pay the money than uh just be honest yeah it's crazy money can turn people like that like switch them around like some of the nicest people and it can turn family as well yeah, like, yeah 100%. it can turn it can turn almost anyone yeah Okay, um, so if you were going to a dinner party, mm-hmm. we're, going, we're going for dinner. Yeah. You can take anyone in the world, past or present. Who are you taking? Take my dad. It's a celebration. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I could talk to him about everything. Like he, yeah, he would. Uh, he would love where where we're at now and just be enjoying it. And that's why I, I try to enjoy it a bit as well like it's never a depressing place to be like work do you know what I mean like uh, people come in like damn I'd love to work here like uh, is this is what it's like and that's what we try to keep it like that because I'm proud and so so would he be uh, he, he would love it like every single thing about it, it like he would love it like he'd never not have a smile on his face at work like the way things are running and I'd love an hour just to run him through just- Everything. Tell him everything. This guy, but then I think he knows. Yeah, I really do. Like honestly, some of the things that uh, I've got, like someone must be looking over us, and if it ain't him, then I don't know who it is. But I'd love, yeah, just just an hour, just to sit down, just let him know everything that's gone on. Uh, I know he would, uh, like he was so enthusiastic about it. So yeah, but that, that's who I would take, past or present, right? Like, just him. Yeah, I guess. I already know the answer then. So what would you like to leave behind as your legacy? Yeah, literally um, our business, like uh, my and Daniel's, is is for our sons, but also as a memory of our dad. They're never going to, he's not, he's not going to be able to be a granddad to them. Yeah. But this is sort of his gift to them that we've kept that we've kept going and it will always keep him in memory in, in that sense because he's always going to be like that is his like uh, that's the way we look at it. I mean the way we work is like we're working for him still like we don't work like we 
like we run it. Like we work like we work there for my dad still. Like that's the like that's the way we do it. And um I think that is like the biggest gift ever is just be able to pass them down something that I know come from my dad. I think that's quite a special thing to be able to do. He's still telling you what to do. Yeah, that's the way I, th- I feel about it. Like in the back of my head, I'm thinking he wouldn't let me get away with this. Or, <laughs> like uh, this is what he would do. Because um, I wasn't really the most hands-on person, but my dad like pretty much taught me that you could put your hand to anything. And he would like, uh, like say when he was at Holiday Inn, I mean, he was the like, maintenance manager there. Like doing it, like I say, borderline dyslexic, but doing electrician courses, doing all this and like getting by. What, 50, be 54, 55 at home. Doesn't really know how to use a laptop. It, it, would, it would take him two and a half, three hours to do one worksheet. Yeah, he was just a hard worker. And I, I think like he wouldn't let us slack. But that's what, I mean, I'm not saying I don't slack. Yeah, I have days when I slack. <laughs> but in general, I feel guilty for it. And that's where I get that karma thing from. Like when I'm working hard, things seem to happen. So that's why when I get in every day, like, I have some things in the back of my head. And sometimes I don't do them. But when I get in, they're always there. And I think that's him. They're always there in the back of my head. Like, this needs to be done. 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 That needs to be done. And it's like a, a check sheet that goes on in my head. And 90% of the time, you get them done. But there's some days where the day just gets away from you. Uh, and other things happen. But I feel like I've always got, like, got them that set out thing to do every day. And that comes from him. Like, uh, just getting in and just getting busy. Like, just try and make yourself busy and good things will happen. Crap for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Anything else that you think we're missing? No. It's been a a good chat. It leaves part two open. Like, uh, plenty more questions. But I've enjoyed it. And yeah, I appreciate you having me on. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, please like and follow. And make sure to tag us on social media.